Hello and welcome back to the Home and Away Days podcast, season one, episode two. Once again, you have myself and we're joined by James. How are you doing, James? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm doing all right. And also be aware, if you do hear a random bark every now and again, that's James's dog, Simba, who is sitting on his lap because he's a pain in the ass. I was hoping he'd bark then just to illustrate my point. But no, he's, he's I'm tempted. I'm going to edit in a bark just to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> now... We're, obviously, we're, we're back with uh, five games this episode, quite a few. The really annoying thing for me and James is, though, is it's four home games, one away game, a very home-heavy fixture list we've had so far. And it is uh, it is a bit annoying because, you know, towards the back end of the season, there's going to be an absolute melting pot of away games all over, probably going down south. They'll, they'll throw in Shrewsbury somewhere down there. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. How about you? Yeah, I think we wanted Shrewsbury this weekend. We didn't get it. And it's a bit of a pain in the arse. Yeah, and, and I suppose it's that sacrifice you have to make, isn't it, when obviously you do have international players. You know, I mean, realistically, I think we lost four who were still at the club and were probably in and around the first team. And I don't know how Shrewsbury are doing off the top of my head, but I'd rather not play a weekend without four of your top players. But... Uh, you know, that, that's not the point we're getting into. So just to g- give you a quick run through. So in the first episode, uh, we talked Lincoln at home. Uh, we had Cheltenham away. And then who was the third game? Oh, I, I, I should have fucking... I'm sure I've written this down somewhere. Uh, Barrow. Barrow. How could I forget Barrow easily? Um, <laughs> so in this game, you've got a, a bumper five teams. So we've got Fleetwood Town. We've got Wigan Athletic, Burton Albion, Middlesbrough and Derby. So, realistically, some big names there. I mean, you go back 10, 15, maybe 20 years, a couple of those names, you know, former Premier League um, and some were more enjoyable than others. (laughs) You'll probably be able to guess which ones were which. We've got quite clear views of which ones were good and which ones were not. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll just get started then. Let's let's talk Fleetwood. So to start off with, um, another home game, and obviously th- this is where it comes down to, you know, you're at a League One level when it's a Tuesday night. Fleetwood is one of the more local teams, I'd say we play, and obviously it, you kind of got to understand. That I suppose their fan base isn't really built for travelling away. I mean, I think they, they get an all right attendance at home and they probably fill out the stadium on, on big occasions, but it wasn't a massive travelling uh, entity that they had. I, I thought I did write down the number. I think I it was over 300. It wasn't many. It was like 318 rings a bell. Yeah, I, I mean, put it this way, they, they're in the top tier and you could tell they didn't really, you know, do much to fill it out. But I'll, I'll give them the dues. They, they did make a lot of noise. I think that's the... Uh, the thing they were going for is like if we're not going to have many people, then we're just going to you know try and uh, make as much noise as possible. And I, I suppose I give them credit for uh, the way the game went and how loud they were. I can agree. I think when they came, th- we sort of took the mitt because we think oh it's a Tuesday night, it's only an hour away, but they made the noise. And for a team which obviously have just sacked their manager and they've just brought in a Hibs reject, yeah. um, you've got to think <laughs> what trajectory are they going on. And perhaps they're not they're not a promotion team, but I don't think they're a relegation team. I think there's teams that are no, they're, they're kind of in that weird pocket, aren't they? Um, as, as a, a fan base and a, a team where you kind of you can just picture them every season in League One, but 
I mean, anything else it is probably a bit of a stretch. And like, like I say, it, relegation-wise, you know, I I don't think they will get relegated. But at the same time, I suppose if you saw it, you wouldn't be, you know, shocked by it. But the, what I wanted to touch on a bit on this game was the the refereeing decisions. You know, we we saw the ugly side um, of of refereeing with uh, you know the red card we witnessed for. First of all, our striker and then our manager for which I think it's been the first sending off since the rule was introduced, where the the manager in Everett was sent off for watching the the replay of what happened and then advising uh, the fourth official he got it wrong and that's apparently immediate red card, but it, it got rescinded. Um, and, and obviously the the Fleetwood fans were quite upbeat by that and it kind of killed a lot of the atmosphere for the home fans because. Other than that, you know, the, the home fan, the home Bolton fans were, you know, just overjoyed with 3-0 up at half-time, cruising, it could have been more. And like I say, unfortunately, the referees just really killed off the game. I think when we look back at the game, we, there's so many rules that have been implemented, but are not consistently dealt with every single week. Like we look at the, they're quite time-wasting, but the sort of simulation yellow cards are quite clearly been brought in. Mm. But there was... So there's a manager now, and he was sort of the guinea pig, weren't he, for the red card he got, ever. Yeah, and I think he had to come out and make an apology as well, which was really sort of like, we're, we're going to make sure we cut down on this, so we'll rescind it for you, but you've, we're going to kind of make you the example. And, you know, uh, you know, he took it on the chin, as, as most managers would do, and any chance you can get it rescinded, you take it. But like I say, it's... And obviously there's been some more decisions that we'll, we'll talk about later in, the episode, but there's also ones um, I've seen on Twitter of like a, a non-league player getting sent off because the referee slapped him, but because he wasn't looking. So referees once again creeping into the limelight, and obviously at Premier League level, you, you could spend hours going through all those decisions. But it, it was just quite interesting to see how uh, a referee, like that game, was an example of how a referee can just destroy so much uh, of a good atmosphere that was built and. And like I say, Fleetwood kind of, you know, jumped on that. That was like their best moment in the game so far. And then yeah. they get sort of a last minute goal and that kind of G's them up a bit. Thing is, when you look to the actual game itself, even when we went down to 10 men, Fleetwood were never a bad team in that game. We just were clinical. Yeah, the, you, you could sense there was, it It wasn't really there. Like, obviously, if you look at the, their manager and the results got sacked by, I don't think you could look at that game and go, they really, they didn't really have a chance of winning that. They had opportunities, but very slim opportunities. And yeah. Likewise, we had chances we missed as well. But like I said, it, it was the, the weird feeling of, because we got like three goals in that first half and the crowd are, are just so behind the players, it really did just kind of allow them to kind of take a foot off the pedal. And it, it's, it's nice that we get to see that sometimes because, you know, there, there are some good teams uh, we have played and it's been the complete opposite which we'll get on to shortly but overall I think Fleetwood fans um, yeah, I think they're, they're a fair representation of what they are they're, they're very loyal to the club and like I say to travel um, in, in the numbers they do considering the size of the club I, I think it, it's respectable I, I, I'd agree I think if, if you're a Fleetwood player you just sort of retrospectively know Who's going to the game? Do you recognise the same people each week? Like, I know if you're a Bolton fan, sorry, a Bolton fan, a Bolton player, yeah, you might recognise the same people each week, 
but it's quite difficult to go every week and go, oh, there's, there's 2,000 fans there. Whereas in Fleetwood, if there's like 300 fans each week, you're going to be have that loyalty behind it. It's kind of a nice place to be. But when you've had such a poor start to the season, you'd be worried. No, it's not where you want to be, is no. it? You don't want to know them. I mean, it, like I say, it's kind of more akin to like, and it's not me trying to cause any offence to any Fleetwood fans, but I, I imagine that sort of club is has got more the feeling of maybe like a, a non-league club where, like I say, when you're being followed by like 50 fans, but as players, like you say, you're kind of, get to know those those fans because they're there every week it's whereas like you say if you've got like let's just use derby for an example that they, they follow and you know in the thousands and it's not really like the same kind of connection is it it's if you're a player at derby or at bolton or at wigan any bigger team in league one you're more motivated by the amount of people coming to watch you away from home but at maybe <laughs> clubs like um fleetwood it's more by it's you know it's the same dedicated people who are probably even some of them are probably even part of the club and and I know obviously there's that um that Nappers who who does the his his podcast and he does a lot of YouTube videos I I, I always watch the the Bolton ones just to just to watch when we win but it it'll be the same sort of makeup of people but like like I said Fleetwood I, I I'm not um not it, like impressed but at the same time I'm not disappointed it's what you'd probably expect and. They give a good account of themselves, and we'll, we'll kind of leave that one there. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing now is we do have to cover the Wigan game. Oh, don't. Um, I, I, I... Now, let me start by saying I have a friend who is a Wigan fan, and if, if he's listening to this, you know, you'll hear some very complimentary things about Wigan because at the end of the day, I have to eat some humble pie. Um, first of all, they were backed by... I think it was about 4,000 or just, just under or just over. It was one of the two. Um, now, obviously, it's not me trying to pick at anything. It's I'm sure the last time they did it, they might have filled it. And I think, obviously, the price has come into a lot of controversy because, it, obviously, if you aren't a Bolton fan, there was a lot of tweets and a lot of news sources that were having a go at us because I think it was about £30 for the the most expensive ticket or the standard ticket for an adult, and obviously that is going to have an effect because at the end of the day, if you're if you're bringing your family or if you're you know you've just got a normal job, you're not earning a massive wage, anything like that. Thirty pounds an away ticket for twenty three games a season is not an easy do. I think if when you look at the calendar, you look at the sort of games which are your local derby, it make it, we play in there. I think how have we not filled it? You're literally only six miles away. But at thirty pounds, like you say, in the current climate, is extortionate. Oh yeah. And and then obviously you've got to remember this is that they've just come out of administration again. Or or they just went through the, the business with the the previous owner and obviously wages weren't paid. They started off on negative points, which they've already overcome, so fair play to them. Um and, and obviously I will give a slight shout out. I don't usually like talking about teams, but I have looked at that sort of Wigan team and set up the have, and they they seem to have done something really well, and they've got a lot of youth prospects. So I think that's why a lot of fans, because obviously what you've got to remember is when we went into administration, there was a not distrust isn't the word, but there wasn't a lot of faith in the beginning because you got to remember our first season after administration was a shocker. Um, you know, it, they've done it was, well. They have done well. I think when I'm yeah, the, and, and that's why I think. Obviously, the, the attendance was quite good considering. Like, if you'd have gone back and looked at our attendances out of administration, 
um, you probably would have been, you know, quite shocked thinking, well, how have they got to where we are? So, like I say, I, I, I suppose in in some people's eyes, they've fallen short, but I think in the majority of eyes, and if you look at it sensibly, it, it was a, it was a great effort. And at the end of the day, they pro- they had another great day. Um, obviously, pre match before before a ball was kicked might have been the best atmosphere I've I've heard. I remember when we played Derby away, and that was loud. And but this was this was different because this was both fans going at each other. It wasn't just sort of the, the home team it, just doing the pre match. It was you could sense there was like a nervousness created by. Uh, by both sets of fans, and obviously they they got the better of us in pretty much every way, and they they just didn't stop, did they? There's always going to be an element of like competitiveness for how many fans you can bring to a game. There's always going to be like think about last, last season when we had Aki away. Both times we filled that stand, and obviously the second time it was in the play of the playoffs. It was in the Papa John's semi final, mm. but it was like we were twenty five pound a ticket. And we spent two, we took two and a half thousand. Relatively speaking, Wigan still took more to Bolton. So you know, I mean, you can't say, "Oh, that's a comparison," but surely you can bring, like, because they did they fill the bottom tier in a little bit, the top tier. Or is it, it, it was bottom? they basically filled all the bottom, I think it was, and they filled the majority of the top. But there was the remaining was the top. I think it was the top left closest hmm. to. The, I'm getting uh, confused with, with, with Derby, yeah. Um, so it, 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 I like you just said. It's a case of they've done really well from a shit situation. Like Bolton didn't do as well, pretend like with some of the things they did. But we're going to done fantastic to come out the way they have. They've actually got a really good squad, mm. and perhaps people have underestimated what they're going to do this season. Yeah, they got they, they lost at home to Barnsley in their last game. It was a bit controversial. It was. It, it was again. It's it's one of these red card things where <laughs> another referee decision. Referee. We'll sneak another one in. We're we're up to two now on controversial referee decision. Three, horrible. sorry, three. I think if you need to have a system in place where look at League One now. There's the talk of oh, there's loads of teams that are in League One that perhaps are Premier League and Championship level, especially with the stadiums. You're telling me they can't implement um, VAR into League One, League Two. When well, we, we, can, we can discuss that at, at some point. I mean, I imagine in, in one of our episodes that will be a, a big talking point. Well, let, me, let, let me just come back to Wigan or whatever. Yeah, I think we, yeah. we have to be humble pie. Be like, you know what? They dicked us 4-0. I didn't expect it. I thought, I didn't think we'd win. I didn't think we'd win. I said we'd draw. But I didn't expect to be 3-0 down at half-time. And the goals were just... Avoidable. <laughs> Avoidable. And, and like were. you say, that just kind of... I mean... I'll give credit to to the home fans. I mean, I'll give credit to myself and you know the home fans. But the first goal went in, and I think there was still an air of okay, you know, it was one little incident. We'll get behind the the, the lads, but you kind of saw the opposite of the Fleetwood game, where you know early goals go in and it just killed us off. And like I say, Wigan fans were just ecstatic, and the, I think they. At the moment, from all the games we've seen so far, I think they've been the loudest. Yeah. Apart from maybe Sheffield Wednesday, but obviously we didn't cover that. It was the Sheffield Wednesday at home uh, when we when we played them at home and they were away. I think um, I always like going to a game, both home and away. Yeah, preferably away because I do. Even though you've got this sort of banter that goes on where it's like, oh, you you go into a away game and it's always like a library. It's quiet here. Mm. If you're an away supporter. 
I do think that Bolton sometimes does all right in games they do well in, but other times they can be let down. Whereas an away fan, they always make noise, especially if they fill up that bottom. That yeah, bottom tier, and, and I mean, obviously, it it comes into a bit. So we'll, I'll just quickly touch on this. So where we sit is is basically the halfway line, right in the middle of of the home fans, and I I just sort of it's a weird one because you see a lot of younger kids. You don't obviously want to start with, you know, a lot of swearing or, uh, you know, chance of a certain provocative nature. But it's it sort of the way I treat home games. I'm watching them for the pure entertainment, the pure football ability. Just watching it as if you would on TV, but being there supporting the lads. Whereas with the away games, that's where sort of the, the more adult humour can come out because it's more of an event in it. I mean... It's like you probably your better memories as a football fan are more likely going to be at away games than home games because everyone seems to be up for it and it's the more um, not dedicated not not by any means do I mean that but it's the more um, passionate if you know what I mean about going to a, all the games or just exclusively away games so I, I I do always take that into consideration for for home games is that it is always going to be a bit quieter compared to your away following for, cert- for for certain kinds of clubs anyway. Yeah, and I do think when you you look at the league now, it does look a bit more, I don't want to say tin pop because it's League One. Like you got you got to be realistic and say, we think we are going to go up this season, but it is a, it's League One, you've got, to be, you've got to be honest. There are some good teams at the top who have massive followings, and it's always going to happen because if, let's say, you go Championship next season, Three teams have come down, which all have massive following. So you're always going to have that sort of recycling at the moment. It's mm. just making sure that you put the performances in to maintain that support, which we started off brilliantly this season. Like obviously we're saying we won three one against Fleetwood, we beat Lincoln in last episode three nil, but then losing four 0 was quite a kick in the teeth. Yeah, and like I say, obviously leaving the ground. Um... You could sense it was just, it was just defeated. And the the one thing I will touch on is, you know, that for for all the reasons, there's always a bit of trouble. You can hear the police fans, but I didn't appreciate the the one Wigan fan that when they were winning decided to rip off their seat and throw it on the ground oh, um, on the pitch. It just baffles me really because realistically, all that's doing is costing your club money. Like that, that obviously Wigan will be will have been informed about the damage caused and will have been billed for it. So I, I get, you know, you, you've won, you can mock us all you like, you know, you can have all the Twitter laughs you want, but, you know, I don't think anyone has the right to go to anyone's ground. And, and I imagine we've done it before and, and it's just not on. And any damage caused at a ground, it, it should just be met with a strict ban. I thought the funniest bit was, when I was leaving the stadium, was it all kicking off in Harvester. It, it could have gone absolutely <laughs> yeah. anywhere and decided, do you know what? Harvester is the place it wants to be. Just for reference. I think it's, it's on the way to the train station. Oh, it's, it? I think it's hilarious. Just, just for reference for those who've never been to Bolton, you come out the stadium as an away fan, you either make your way into the car park, because it's quite a big car park of Wanderers, or you make your way towards the buses. At the same time, the buses, they, you cross over sort of a dual carriageway, and you go towards the train station down a one-way street, right? And that's where most of the trouble That's where most of it happens. And on this one-way street, you've got the Bolton Arena where the sort of 3G, 4G pitches are on one side, and you've got a Premier Inn and a Harvester in a little car park. A fence separated the Bolton fans and the Wigan fans. And the Bolton fans are going over the fence, like giving it large and whatever. There's a big police presence. 
and then all I see is somebody getting rubber tackled to the ground by a, a Wigan fan, and it always starts kicking off. There was a horse involved. There was batons involved. And bloody Wigan fans bringing horses. Imagine, honestly, imagine those Wigan fans bringing horses with them to a game. But it, it was hilarious, and I just sat there thinking, "We lost four 0 It's the most excitement I've had all day." Yeah, and and it quickly left our minds. And like I say, we'll we'll leave it there because it brings back painful memories. Yes, I don't want to feel them anymore. Um, so next up, then we're we're cracking on with a, a favourite from ours last season, and the only away game of the episode, Burton away. I was trying to think which away because they had no away games. Burton away, of course. Burton away is it let it held a special place in my heart because. From what I was, from what on the outside it looked like, it, it completely um, turned it on its head, and it started off really well again. Parked right outside the stadium, no issues. I think we were one of the first ones there. Yeah, um, right last time uh, well. from about like quarter to two or something like that. And fi- a five pound again to get that close is you can't moan at that, can you? No, and I think last time we went, obviously it was midweek. It was still warm because it was the back end, was it? It was quite warm then. It was a bit, bit but it was all right. And we drew one all. And at the time, we were thinking, that's a game we should have won. But obviously, it had no impact on the end of the season. Mm. Um, but this time around, it was still quite warm. There was a chance it would rain, but we, you know, Luke did, didn't bring his waterproof coat, which is not a waterproof coat, it's just a windbreaker. Um, <laughs> but we, it was all right. And five pounds park. And then obviously it was your favourite bit was the, the food. But what did we do before the food, Luke? What did we spend? Oh, we, we sat in the car for about car. 20 minutes opening. No, no, no it, was, it was 45 <laughs> minutes sat in the car. Oh, was it 45? Was I didn't gen- think it was that long. It was 45 minutes <laughs> sat in the well, car. Well, you, you know, there's not really... I mean, obviously that we do know there was a pub down the yes. road. But it's a bit of a dive and it looked quite busy from the outside. Hmm. So I thought, we'll just chill. We went there last year, didn't we? The difference was, we, it was weekend this time round. So people were going yeah, to so you'd know it'd be a bit more busy. But yeah, we sat in the car park opening match attacks for 45 minutes because why not? <laughs> but, we also yeah. had to fix my window on my car as well because it just decided it didn't want to close. Oh, yeah, that was a fun one, yeah. And just for those who care, I have fixed the window. But uh, I, I, I didn't even care when yeah, I was there. So. Um, uh, <laughs> that was our excitement to start with, and then we get to the stadium. Yeah, and and I, I'm going to start off, right? And it's a sad day when I have to talk bad about Burton. But I, I'm, I sort of had the come down of the experience because my food I got, let me, let me tell you a story. So I thought, right, last time it was sausage, chips and gravy. And I thought to myself, well, there's no point in me getting the same thing again, because it doesn't really make for helpful reviewing that, does it? If I keep going to the same ground and keep getting the same food, because it won't change my opinion. So I thought, well, they do like a meal deal, which was quite good value. I think it was eight pounds 60. Um, but the size of the food you were getting was fair enough. So, for £8.60, I got a Sprite, I got uh, a, a burger, a cheeseburger, and chips. So It's good value. It is. Yeah, re- relatively good value. However, it's when you break down. So, first of all, the cheeseburger. I, at first, I thought I was getting a beast of a cheeseburger, right? They, when we talk about the size of this barn, or bap, or if you're from the down the south, is it like Cobb or something they call it? I don't Bloody no, I'm not getting into that. But from the outside, it looked massive. And they opened it up and it was like an anemic Rustler burger with a bit of cheese on. So you've then got this problem, right? You've got this massive barn and a little burger. So every bite you're taking, 
you're not getting burger, you're just getting bread. And the chips didn't really do much on their own. And it just, it really sort of let me down from the sausage, chips and gravy that obviously you had again. Mine was mine. No help. And for the second, the second year in a row, for the second time in four months, I spilled gravy all over my scarf. Nowhere else have I had this issue where the gravy is like water. More importantly, and why are you wearing a scarf in that? Because piece? I am a loyal fan. I have to wear my scarf everywhere, even if it means roasting alive, of which... This is a, a brilliant game we're going to talk about. I was not the only person that was roasting alive. Oh, God. Yeah, there was there was quite a few ins. I mean, it was a, considering there wasn't really much to talk about football-wise, there was a lot to talk about else, elsewhere. Can we start with the banter? It comes to football afterwards. Let's start with the, with the crowd control issue. Yeah, let, let's talk crowd control. First of all, Burton, what the hell are you doing? So it looked like, and I mean, I can... I don't know if it's solely them to blame because it, it looked like the away end was oversold. I don't think it, I don't think it was. In. I don't think it, but I... this is what I mean. I think it was our fans sneaking in. Yeah. To, because obviously you get two options at Burton. You either go in the away end, the solo away end and stand, or there's a little section to the side of it um, which is seated. And, and obviously we had this. I, I swapped the seats for the standing room with, with, with Bolton. And they allowed it. Because I didn't want to sit down. Um, and I think, obviously, the problem is, is once you get inside, I'm not sure if there's a way you can get round, but it definitely looked like some either they oversold it or we snuck some people in because it were packed in like sardines. Yeah, it was it was hot. And there was a bit of an issue going on between the sort of stewards and a number of... I don't know if they were drunk. I think actually, they weren't drunk. They were just, they were just there for the bands. Uh, fans with kids and stuff like that and then this random man took his shirt off because he could do <laughs> um, and, it... and, and you say random man it was easily over 55. yes oh yeah he was he was embedding his inner geordie right he even said himself can i now join the geordies um but i i do have to question i have to question burton because there were plenty of seats free and even with you have a yeah. bit of tarpaulin which um sort of cuts off the home and the way fans. And, and bear in mind, just Could to add this... as well, the club said it was sold out. Yeah. So it wasn't a case of those seats weren't being used. It, it was, was just a fact of they were empty. The thing is, with the seats, like you just said, they're coming through the same entrance as the home fans. So why can't you just open up that? So there was like 200 seats that hadn't been used. And it's it was hot in there. Like there was point like an old man collapse in the middle, and it took about two minutes to get him out. And yeah, like... that was a travesty. And, and at that at that point, we had our some of our away fans ending up on the like the outskirts of the pitch. Yeah, uh, because it, it, in his words, he was making room. He's been told to stand there, <laughs> and, and I think he was there for a good five minutes. This guy's and brilliant. We were just watching him, honestly, there's a steward right who's just obsessed with his own voice and obsessed that he's in control. And he tells this guy to come down and stand on the bit, which is. Not supposed to be stood on because the guy spent about half an hour telling people to not stand on the uh, yellow hatchings. To then stand there, and he's like, "No, no, you told me this is my spot. I'm not going to move from my spot. You've got to work around." <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a travesty, really. And like you say, you, the problem was they kept sending over more and more stewards, and it wasn't really helping the situation because as soon as you start bringing in more and more people, that instantly means to me you're either going to throw people out. Are you trying to use intimidation tactics? And like, like I said, they were pretty poor when it came to the collapse. It took a good couple of minutes to get some ambulance 
um, or medical personnel down, and it shouldn't really take that long, no. especially when you have the stewards and the fans screaming at you. And obviously, they were they were using a signal which clearly they haven't practiced before because they didn't have a clue what was going on. But sort of eventually, midway through the half, they did kind of let some kids uh, and parents go to the seated area uh, to try and Minimal get rid of the cramping. Though. I think the issue is I don't know because obviously we've only really been following Bolton away since end of since. Uh, October last year, I am, am trying to go as many away games as we can do, and I don't know if Bolton's just got a bit of a rep for having a minority that are just knobheads, like every fan base. I, I think you're getting a bit confused. I think that's every single away following. Yeah, I think that that's the standard. Because you have the people who go for the away games, then you have the people who go for the violence. Who still think Green Street is a modern day film yeah. is a fair representation of hooliganism. Yes, but you know what I mean though. It, it, it sometimes feels like when we go to certain games, like, bear in mind, we don't... Bolton always try and sell out, but let's say there's, there's certain games where you could get 3,000 fans. Like, look at Dar- uh, Derby, look at um, Barnes last season. I know it was New Year's Day or whatever it was, but we didn't sell out. But it's like, we can take a good amount of fans, but there's also the element where we do take knobheads. But that's... Yeah, but like I say, I, I think, you, I, you know... Like I say, I'll be the first to admit, some of the away fans we do have are, are dicks, but at the same time, I think you've got to remember that's with every fan base. It's not just with uh, with, with us. It's just a common theme in, in all of football, yeah. really. But well, we'll get back on to, to the game itself. And as usual, I mean, again, it kind of really lets Burton down is the, the following they have. Because like I say, the, the club itself... It, it's hard to sort of classify it as where you'd say if it's like a League 2 or a League 1 atmosphere, but the, the it's not really got much of one, has it? I mean, as a home side, when they're going in, they made, you know, quite a, a bit of noise, but it wasn't it wasn't like enough to shock you. It was just, oh, is that it? And again, I suppose it's the catchment area. It's not really huge. And, you know, it just surprises me, though, at times that club was in the championship. And I mean... If you think you, I couldn't, could never have imagined Bird in the Premier League, and I, I suppose they're at kind of at that level now in League One. Um, but in terms of a, a noise for home fans, there wasn't really a lot. No, and when they scored, because they'd scored first, yeah. then the noise came in. But we were having more fun taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just keeping ourselves occupied. Yeah, it was. Usual. And it's one of those like I said, that we did kind of explode a, a bit more when our equaliser came in. Um, but it, it wasn't really like a game where you had a lot to work with. It reminded me a lot of Bristol Rovers last year, where the home crowd seemed quite disinterested and they weren't really, um, you know, at the races. If you like, it was just the away fans trying to make a lot of noise and trying to get them into it, but. Again, there wasn't really much from them. Yeah, and it, that's the thing. Like we say, the sort of area Burton is, you're either a Burton supporter or you're not, and if you're supporting Derby or Leicester or, or Forest. So if you're, a, if you're a Burton supporter, fair play to you. Yeah, it, it, again, it's probably one of more... I, I hate to use this term, but it's the best example I get where, like I said, the, like non-league level, where your fans are there through and through. Like you see a lot with Berry coming up through and like Macclesfield is the people who support them now. They're probably still getting good attendances, like incredible attendances for that level. But it's because they're the, the loyal ones who they've had from the you know the, the days when the football leagues and like I say most Burton 
supporters will probably be in fan groups or you know they'll they'll be at the uh, the pub after the games with the the friends it's it, it's nice to see but it, it's certainly it's it's certainly a level I'd like to get away from I'd like to get back to the championship where you you see like Sunderland with 40,000 at home or like obviously Leicester are there Southampton there's some you know big big teams with with big followings both home and away um but but just to kind of round off Burton um like I say, there was one moment I did want to talk about and it's one that I know you hold special in your heart as well. And it's the first time I've ever seen this. Is We had two players lined up to take a free <laughs> kick and one player done with the ball. And I've never heard this before. There was like a, a big sigh because we didn't want this second player to have the, the free kick. He was having a shocker. And it was like the first guy done it, he went, Oh, it was just a communal. Oh, thought. fuck! Why is he taking it? And, Genuine. And I've never seen that before. I've never, uh, I've never witnessed. It. I mean, I, I can get if you like, miss a sitter, but not from a dummy from a free kick. It was just genuine sadness because everyone's the first player to take it. They're like, oh, I nearly scored. He nearly scored from it, but um... he did. But at the same time, I, I stand by that statement. I did not want him to have that free kick. No, but it, it just, it was like a little special. Mo- like that was probably the highlight. <coughs> highlight of my day. Really, there was now else to cling to with a one-one draw. Yeah, and just again, th- this is the key thing from Burton. The price of a ticket was eighteen quid for for League One level. They they seem to be doing the opposite of us. They seem to be keeping football at a low cost because eighteen pound for a, a game on a Saturday. I think altogether, if you included fuel, because we travelled about eight to nine miles, I think it came to thirty-eight pounds and 80 pence. So call it for like 40 quid or under 40 quid. So for under 40 quid, we got to go to an away game, got a, a, a meal deal, and we, we got to park up right by the stadium and get away quickly. When you compare to some of the costs of other away days, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's one on the calendar, which if Bolton are in the same league next year, I hope we're not, but if we are in the same league as them next year, um, not in a disrespectful way to burn, it's definitely one to look forward to. Yeah, and, and just to comparison as well, Cheltenham, who you'd consider at a similar level, was £49. And obviously, I know that's quite affluent, but you can tell where you're getting value for money, really. And like I say, obviously, Burton, uh, you know, it's probably my own fault for veering away from uh, the the usual sausage and chips and gravy. Um, but work on your cheeseburger game. Although, if if by some miracle we get a cup game against them, I will have to then try the only thing I've not tried on the menu, which is some faggots. So <laughs> let's pray we get them in the cup so I can eat some faggots. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you are, you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! And we'll move on to Middlesbrough next. Now, this was our second round EFL Cup tie. And once, sort of once again, I've. I've seen that the Geordies and that catchment area bring a lot of fans. Now, I'm not sure how much they were charged, but I think it it wasn't a full away end, was it? No, it wasn't even. I mean, they didn't use the top section. And I know it's only the second round of the Cup, and we did shocking. Like, it's a home sport. We did shocking. But I did expect yeah. Middlesbrough, who I know they haven't started the season well. And even when they played us, they went and lost 2-0 at home. The weekend after they played us, um, I can't believe they played against. But and they had a, they've had a shocking start. See, QPR, they lost that was it. it. QPR, 
I still expect that they'd bring a, a quite a big following, and they, they didn't. It, surprised yeah. me. it was like that game for them. It was like, right, our season needs to start now. And like I say, I've I've always it's always been very clear that the Geordies travel well in the England. I won't get into Champions League because there's a lot going around with Newcastle in the yes. Champions League. Not bothering about that. But it's always well known that they, they do get big attendances down there. And obviously, I understand it's on a Tuesday. Um, I can't attest to if there was train strikes or anything like that on that day. But I think there might have been. I'm happy to be proven wrong if there was. But still, it it just feels like... Like, when we compare it to, obviously, last season, we had Aston Villa in the same situation, and they packed it out. Um, it was on TV which, you know, probably either helped or you could even say hindered, really, because obviously you don't know the cost. But it, it just, it was a bit of a letdown, really, from them. But again, you know, you've got to understand, it's the second round of the Cup against Bolton. Uh, the one thing I was disappointed about is a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of, not a lot of noise made because it's been, it was the 20th anniversary of that final in the League Cup. So in the same competition 20 years ago, it was Middlesbrough Bolton at the Millennium Stadium, and I, it, I don't think it got mentioned at all during the draw or during when obviously the scores came through. It was it just kind of got blanked by everybody, so that was a bit disappointing. But just getting on to sort of the Middlesbrough crowd, it what was your first impression? So before the 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 game had kicked off and it went how it went. What would you have thought? Would you have said they it looks like a League One crowd or yeah? Would you have said they were... for the for our fans or the Borough fans? I'd say the Borough fans will talk. No, about. because when we played, we played West Brom in a friendly, and West Brom brought f all players with them, so it it didn't shock me. I, I did think there'd be a few more in the bottom bit because it wasn't sold out, but I sort of knew for a team that weren't doing that well, it's quite difficult to go and try and get to Manchester. It was train strikes. To try and get to Manchester on a Tuesday night, yeah, and it was still obviously half term as well. So people might have been on holiday. Yeah, and I mean that that's sort of been the thing that's always been playing on my mind because, like you say, when we talk about West Brom and you you talk about sort of some of the away att- attendances we've seen, is like you say, holidays can play a big part of that because you know you can't everyone can't go on holiday the first couple of weeks before football starts a lot of the time. Yeah, like you see on Twitter, a lot of you've seen like a lot of Bolton fans, you know, sending the best wishes from abroad rather than all different games. So, well, I'll, I'll kind of leave them out the firing line for now. But um, in, in terms of our, like say our fans, I, I do kind of agree. We it did feel like we let down a lot of people by getting that kind of attendance. I mean, we're sort of usually around eighteen thousand, I think, home fans at the moment. We have about fifteen thousand season ticket holders, and I think we didn't even get ten. Um, which, you know, for the second round of a cup, I, you know, again, a bigger team in Middlesbrough, a championship team, they're in the, did they just miss out on the playoffs or did they reach the playoffs? Um, they reached the playoffs because they lost to Cov, yeah. didn't they? Right. So, in in fairness, it, it's a team that you should be getting down for. And, you know, I think it was £10 a ticket, which is the same price as the EFL trophy game. So, I, I don't really know what excuse... We could have, and, and like say, obviously, I know people are on holiday, but you can't tell me that eight thousand people were on holiday. No, I, it, it's difficult, but I think there's people who like, because you want to go, people like us who want to go to as many games as possible. We sort of feel like oh, they couldn't bear for this. 
Yeah, because obviously our first wish in the cup is always to get an away team because we know we're probably not going to progress, but it'd be nice to go somewhere different. But, you know, like I said, we've got a home team again. And, and obviously, it's probably not just us as a club, it's probably others. But that's one thing I would probably point out and probably one negative of uh, Bolton fans, one being myself, have seen is, you know, we did really... We get in the cup so far, we have had quite low attendances, which is a shame. But we'll move on to sort of like when, you know, throughout the game. And as a home crowd, we did get quite excited. We went 1 0 up rather early. Um, and then obviously it, it got back to 1 1. The, the Middlesbrough fans became a bit more vocal. And then sort of the back back end of the game, it was quite a lot of uh, pressure on, on uh, Bolton from Middlesbrough. So obviously their fans were backing the lads and they got two two goals in like the 90th minute and that really set them up for the, the win and, and set yeah, up their fans yeah. to really get behind them. We did, we um, did well to keep them out, but it, it was just too, it was too much at the end. It was. And and like I say, obviously their fans really came into it towards the end. I think they, they smelt blood and they knew they could you know get their first win of the, the season or you know one of their first wins. So I think they were really... Um, Really good to kind of keep up. It, it, I suppose it would have been easy for them to, to kind of you know capitulate and really get annoyed with the players because a team of that quality shouldn't be in the position they are at the moment. And you know, Michael Carrick is probably a manager who can turn them around. But um, in in terms of overall, it, it's probably a game that will easily be forgotten. But I suppose quite disappointing from both sets of fans, really. Yeah, ma- massively. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's not really much else to talk about. the The only thing I'll, I'll say is that it did actually cost us ten pounds, so we we had to add that to uh, the tally, which I've got at the end. So uh, I'll obviously go through that. But we do have one more game to talk about, and we could probably end up talking about this for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, maybe even an hour, uh, because it's Derby. Now, hmm. a little disclaimer, right? I we will talk about the, the instance that happened slightly. But it, it, this is not a review of the game. This is a review of purely the atmosphere from the home away fans. So if any Derby fans are listening, we're not going to like get into if there were red cards, if there weren't red cards, if there were penalties, if they weren't. That's that's be done by more professional people than us. So I'm not having anything being sent or said about it. That being said, we won two one. Um, so we'll start off with fans. Uh, Three thousand one hundred thirty nine was the number. Are found. Um, now again, I think we were charged about thirty pound a ticket, so that could play an effect. And again, I think they said there was a lot of train strikes. Now, for a club like Derby, I, I mean, we'll go back to was it Boxing Day last year? Yeah, they sold no, out twenty seventh. No, yeah, and I think they filled out the away. Yeah, end. they sold out. Yeah, so it was a bit of a come down in in our eyes to go from seeing a sold-out away end and arguably one of the better crowds of the season we would have seen to this crowd, which was very depleted by their to their regular attendances. It's not me saying, oh, I'm guessing. It's just they are known for travelling quite well and it just, there was quite a few absent. You, you know, it, it did look half empty up in the uh, top tier. I, th- I think it's... They're a team that's got the tail between the legs. They're a bit pissy because they've not got playoffs last year. I know we didn't get through. That's quite shit. But they're a team which wanted playoffs last year, didn't get it. They come this season thinking they're going to dominate. And the opening game of the season, they lost home to Wigan. 
They then lost to Bolton. Teams which they are competing against at the top. They're mm. going to be a bit frustrating. I, I'm like, we're not going to go into details if it was a red card or not. Um, it wasn't, but there was a lot of fans that even a few days afterwards could, just couldn't get over the fact that you have to now move on. You can't just keep... It, it, you got to move on. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll start off with, you know, pre-game. There was... I mean, I, this is one of the times where I will give props to Bolton because, you know, after sort of uh, the Wigan result, the Burton result and the Middlesbrough result, you could sense there was a lot of tension. And like, I, I've I've been an advocate of this and, and this is, you know, a lot of my own views. I've said I, I, by by no means is the manager in danger of being sacked or anything like that. But, no. you know, if we lost that game, there would have been a lot of negativity around certain players and possibly maybe the play style. It was it was a must-win game. And what I enjoyed, it was seeing the crowd still behind the manager, still getting behind the players, creating that positive environment, which after going 1-0 down, I think really pushed the, the players through. Like, obviously, if you compare the two games between Wigan and Derby, you could see that the crowd real was probably the difference is why we got back in the game rather than capitulate and you know lose uh handsomely or narrowly so uh, big props to to the home fans i know obviously i'm one of them but mm. it, it must be said um tell me what was what stuck out to you in in terms of that game what was what was a moment that really sort of made an impact for you i think there was a lot of resilience in that game like you just said, we'd come back of a few naff results. Yeah, we'd won our first few games quite comfortably. We'd come off the back of a few naff results, thinking you've got to do something here. Because if you lose to Derby, we've got Reading away, we've got Port Vale away, we've got Stephen at home, Peter at home as well. Four teams, which, yes, they're all varying in ability, but they're all at the top. Like you, you've you've got to think ahead and think. Hang on, actually, got a few difficult games here. So you're going into Derby thinking, shit, we have to win. We done really well in the first half, and then there was real confusion. They got the penalty. You look back at it; it was a penalty. Like Victor, I don't know what you're doing, pal. Um, <laughs> generally, don't know what he's doing. But um, they scored, and that suddenly gave us that extra belief to go on. And then obviously we won two one. Yeah, and like I say, well, let, let's just kind of quickly touch on refereeing decisions again. And like I say, I have no arguments about that first penalty. It was definitely a penalty. It was silly. I mean, obviously, the, the, the big thing was that they scored from that corner and then they give a penalty. So a lot it caused a lot of confusion, that, because obviously there was then the big cheer from the home fans, like, way it's, it's disallowed. And then we realise it's a penalty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of all over the place. And then there's our penalty, which... Some people will probably say it was outside the box. I I think it's maybe just on the line, and is you know because he's gone for he's in the motion of going forward. He's, he's give that as is inside the box. I, it's it's a cynical foul anyway, and uh, by every right should have been punished. Uh, and then obviously the third incident for the red card, like say we've seen replays, it's not there was still a challenge from the keeper, so I, I think it was a foul either way, but it probably would have been a yellow because I think he had his back to goal, so I don't think you can say it was a goal-scoring opportunity. But in that game, there was about four or five incidents. And I mean, I think Derby had the majority of them where it, it really... It, the game stopped being about the, the, the players, and it was more about the officials. 
and, and again, we've seen that at times. I mean, God, we go back to Cambridge away last season and we remember that official who he made it all about himself. And it, it's just got to get to a point where we're this early in the season and it's another game that a referee has had a, a major impact on. Maybe you could say it benefited us, but, you know, given how how behind the the players, the, the fans were and given how good we looked before they went down to 10, I, I think it had been safe to say we'd have probably pushed them through, but obviously Derby fans will feel differently yeah. and that's their business. But overall, I think, like I say, it was a good atmosphere um, for a neutral. If Say, if, you know, if if you'd have seen, uh, if you'd have gone there as like a one-off, you'd have enjoyed yourself. Um, may, the Derby fans, like I say, maybe are not as big a following as they thought they would have had. And like I say, the train strikes, prices, whatever, may, may have let them down. But um, I, I hope, obviously, when the roles are reversed, you know it's going to be a good atmosphere because they'll sell out their home end and we'll more than likely sell out the away end and that'll make for a great spectacle. So that they're the five games. Now let's just do a bit of a housekeeping, as we'll call it. So in terms of distance, we'll start with distance now. Uh, before this episode, we sat on 259 miles. Uh, in this episode, we travelled 145. So that's a grand total of 404 miles and we've not even finished off September. It's a long way to go. impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I want to see if, if we can maybe get halfway around the world by the end of the season. <laughs> I want to see. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna get on like GeoGuessr or something and see how far I can get. Uh, but the more in, impactful number will be the price. Um, now, you'll probably want to sit down. I already am. This will make you sad. So before this episode, we sat on three hundred and sixty-one pounds, um, and after working it out, because luckily a lot of the home games were season ticketed, uh, we now sit on forty. Uh, we spent forty-eight pounds and eighty pence this episode, so we're now on four hundred nine pounds and eighty pence. <laughs> and like I said, that was getting out of the way—a relatively cheap game in the cup, and three home games so just wait till those away games kick yeah. in that's gonna get even worse but for 409 pounds i think you could get yourself a brand new playstation 5 uh, or an xbox series x and even maybe a game or two so it's good to know we haven't wasted our money no uh, well, <laughs> we'll now get to the rankings so the rankings looking pretty bare at the moment so home uh for home games we're looking at away atmosphere we've got lincoln first and Barrow second, and then uh, in the away uh, section, looking at the home fans, we've got Cheltenham sitting top of the pops. So uh, it's going to be a lot easier to start with away uh, fixtures. So we've just got to add Burton. Would you like Burton to go first or second? First. Uh, yep, yeah, I have no problem with that at all. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a letdown for food, but price-wise... I don't think you can moan at that at all. And it was, you know, no. you get what you pay for. And we got decently priced football, decently priced food. Can't moan. Now we've got uh, quite a few home games to add. So kick off with the first of the lot, Fleetwood. So we've got Lincoln and Barrow to compete with. Where would you slot them in? Would you say worse than Barrow, better than Barrow or better than Lincoln? I think they're probably in the middle. The middle, yeah. Barrow did take a few, uh, and uh, you know, they made a lot of noise. So, yeah, that's only fair. We'll chuck in 
Fleetwood below them. Uh, I don't think there's any argument. Wigan top. Yeah. It pains me to put them I'd there, agree. but I, I could see them sitting there for maybe the rest of the season, but who knows? There's a lot of football left to be played. <clears throat> then we've got to add Middlesbrough. Uh, now, I, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here because there's generally good shouts, but I think below Wigan is a definite. Um, yeah. I'd probably maybe say above Lincoln because, again, they did take 3,000. It, it's just the only thing I think, like I say, it's just looking at, in hindsight, of how many they take to most places, it, it feels a bit of a letdown. But at the same time, 3,000 fans, I don't really think is uh, fair to be put below 1,000 fans. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I will let you choose uh, the last position on your own because I'm a fair person. Got Derby. Where are you slotting in Derby? They brought a good number of fans, not as many as I thought they would. And the only time I really remember making any noise was when they scored. So, not bottom, but uh, I think they. I think they beat Fleetwood. Well, I'd hope so. Yeah, you're saying they beat... they're worse than Barrow. Um, no, I think they beat Barrow. Worse than Lincoln. Lincoln. I mean, like I say, you've got to remember so far, like, we've only really done Wigan and Middlesbrough that we've just slotted right, in. Right, okay. I put on below Borough then. I think Borough will allow it. Yeah, Borough. I was going to say, don't start drama all again. I mean, no, we no, the game, Christ, let's, let's be fair. So, updated standings. We'll start off with uh, at home games, so away fans. Wigan are top of the table. Uh, that's the only time they'll be top of the table this season. Middlesbrough sits second. Derby third, Lincoln sit fourth, uh, Barrow take up fifth, and Fleetwood sit bottom of the table at sixth. And then nice and easy for uh, away atmosphere. So looking at uh, home fans, Burton head to top of the table and Cheltenham slot into second. So a, a real mixed bag there. Uh, and like I say, it's so home heavy when you look at the fixtures. Um, but, you know, coming up, We've we've got again a bit probably going to be a, a bit home dominated because we'll have uh, obviously our cup game against Salford, which we've already seen. But I didn't want to put another home game in this episode. We'll have been to Reading away. We'll have had Peterborough at home, and then more than likely I'll include the United under twenty one home game, possibly Port Vale. So again, it, you know, we'll we'll have been three episodes in and only done four away games and nearly ten home games. It's it's getting, it's, it's getting a bit home heavy. Yeah, but we need, we need some away games on there. We do. And like I say, any cup ties that come up, please, please draw us away. That's yeah. all I ask. Uh, but for now, that, that will do it. And like I say, we're, we're, obviously we have expressed certain opinions. Um, it's never meant to offend or anything like that. But uh, obviously you've got to remember, we're going watching these games. We, we see things from a certain perspective. You know, we're not neutrals. We'll never see... Uh, we'll hardly ever see, should I say, Bolton in a negative light. But like I say, the referees haven't come off too well in this episode, but probably deservedly so. And like I say, any uh, away fans, um, obviously you'll know better than us, your followings. So don't take it to heart. We we only see you once a season. Yeah, but it it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until someone gets paid. 
and we've not been paid yet, so it's still fun and games. Uh, we'll leave it there, and once again, I have been Luke. And I have been James. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you hopefully for episode three. Thank you.